wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Nations Podcast here, and welcome to episode 216 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, it is Tuesday. And if you haven't checked out episode 215 of the podcast just yet, you can go check that episode out right now on many, many platforms with the main three I'm going to talk about real quick. AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com or over there, part of the team, squad, if you will. You can go check it out there. You can also check it out on Anchor.fm slash Lions Perspective, pretty much where it all began. And you can check out all my old episodes over there, I believe up to episode 121. Before I switch over to Wrestle Addict Radio, but you can find this episode and you will be able to on anchor.fm slash Wrestle Radio. Of course, with all the other stuff, I'll talk to you talk about that at the end of today's episode. Hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday. And of course, just so y'all know, we still have the uh, Pride Collection going on with the uh, well, at least for my OP side of things, as well as all the other members of the Wrestle Addict Radio family. All of these proceeds will go to Trevor's Project, which is an organization uh, specializing in crisis intervention for the LGBTQ community. Now, the first So all of that is going to actually, all the proceeds from these shirts are going to them. And again, shout out to my homie Jermaine and the Patreon group chat. Uh, getting some fresh, swanky YLP merch because it is fantastic. Also, make sure you go over to my Teespring collection, uh, the YLP collection over there on teespring.com. Find you some swanky ass merch to get your summer just right. Other than that, I'll get, of course, show everything else at the end of today, tonight's episode. We need to get into... This installment of Last Week, This Week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT. Get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. And 
I was going to have this episode titled a lot differently instead of what I'm going to title it. As usually, the title will come to me um, during recording. This one will come pretty easily once I get, all, get it all settled out. Um, and what I mean by that is the most important thing I want to take away from last week's episode of NXT is the fact that because we're going to talk, of course, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick, of course, competed in the finals of the NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Got to the, had a two, somehow had a 2-1 record. Tied with Jake Atlas and Kushida. Won the triple threat to gain entry into the final. And went up against El Hijo Del Fantasma for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I have to say... And I'm just going to get it off my chest right now. Just get this out of the way. I would have been fine with this entire storyline. If not for one thing. I'm still, I mean, I'm fine. I'm actually cool with the fact they did it how they did it. But if they only did one thing different, I think this would have been one of the better storylines of 2020. Now, we all know that Drake Maverick had pretty much been released from the WWE um, last month in that big old spring cleaning, furloughing or releasing a shit ton of talent and producers and all that stuff. Among those was Drake Maverick. And he had this very teary-eyed two-and-a-half-minute video that, you know, he was talking, you know, he was, you know, it was upset he was being released and all that stuff, and, and, and trust me, if I, I've watched it like three times, I watched it like th- three or four times, and still, like you see raw emotion just being released during all everything that's been going on with with the world today. He gets released, and he, you know, and and a lot of people were like, I mean, I was shocked that Drake Maverick had had gotten released, and then we had uh, then we found out Drake Maverick was going to be in the tournament for the NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship. And we then realized these were, we thought at the time, these were going to be the last three matches of Drake Maverick's WWE career. And I was, I came to terms with it. It was going to suck. So I figured in my head, okay, they're going to give him at least a, a solid go, but he's not really going to factor in terms of the final result of anything. Hence why I said Kushida Del and uh, Phantasma. Well, I said initially it's Kushida versus Swerve Scott before I knew what Phantasma was all about. And after Scott was pretty much mathematically eliminated, I was like, all right, Phantasma, Kushida. I can rock with that. And then we got the all of Kushida, Maverick, and Atlas all being two and one and going into the Group A final. And even still then, I'm thinking Kushida, Phantasma. Best of the best. Gotta, why not have the true best of the best compete for the Cruiserweight Championship? And then Maverick won and got into the final. And in my, in my mind, I'm just like, I, are you fucking kidding me? And that, that was my mindset going into it. And if they had just, like, you know, 
had Maverick like in a way go like this is this is kind of why I was thought thinking as I was watching Phantasma and Maverick. Had they changed up initially what they were going to do? Same result if they wanted to go about this the same way. The only thing I would literally change is that the next day. Like have him like like say that, you know. It was like, with the, I guess with the video package, you know, they had him, you know, saying this is my last three matches of my career. I wanted to be more resilient and say, and pretty much like say like, yeah, these are the last three matches of my career, but I'll be damned if my career ends on, it's going to end on my terms. It's going to end on me going out the way I want to. And I will pretty much leave nothing to be doubted. Nothing to be doubted at all. I'm going to go through my three matches and I'm going to make it to that that championship match. And if I if I go out, I go out. If I win, though, I become NXT Cruiserweight Champion and I keep my job. And that's how it's going to be. Because the reason I, I was like, I got mad was the simple fact that it's just like, they're really going to do it like this. Have it claw all the way back. And then we got the match that we got with Phantasma and Maverick. And you know what? If it's just that one little thing, then honestly, the storyline paid off. We can say it's a work, shoot, shoot, work, all that shit. Fine. I can. I did. And I have. And I will. Because I did. But the way they had Maverick compete, they didn't they they let they left nothing to chance. They really did. They left nothing to chance. They left no doubt. Either Maverick was gonna leave on his own accord, the way you know, on, on the fact that he got eliminated, you know, he lost a championship match, or he was gonna become cruiserweight champion and get his contract. No two ways about it. Again, with all of that, you know, it, it I had that feel I had that going into the match, going into watching that match, I'm just thinking, really, they're really just gonna do it like this. This this work shoot. This thing. They're just gonna do it like this. And after the match, I was thinking, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm kinda glad they did it like this. Minus that one, you know, being initially just like I if I'm going to like I'm literally going to take that cruiserweight championship. And if I don't, consider me gone. I will fight like hell to make sure, you know, ensure that I become Cruiserweight Champion. doesn't matter who I stand across in that ring in the championship. I'm getting that title. No one is going to stop me from getting that Cruiserweight Championship. Still gets beat by Phantasma. Then he gets NXT contract. Because of everything that he put into that. Now, yes, is it good that Drake Maverick has contract? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. Just don't make me think it's going to be what I think it is. And they didn't. They actually, you know, because they, they made Maverick look like straight up like I am. You were going to have to kill me before. And the only reason that he lost was because of the two uh, masked guys coming out to go after Phantasma. Maverick gets a suicide dive, kind of, on the two masked guys. 
knocks them, you know, you know, pretty much incapacitates them for the moment, just enough for Phantasma to hit the Phantom Driver, get the victory, and become the new interim cruiserweight champion. And they played it so well. I should have known. The only thing that, honestly, if I want to add a second thing, the only thing I would have done is have Triple H come out in the beginning of the show, have Drake Maverick come out as if he, as it was his last time he was going to be there, and then offer him the con, offer him the contract. Pretty much solidifying, like you know what you fought, like it was your last ever match in this company, because it was. But when you have a fight like that, it doesn't. And shouldn't go unnoticed. That's when Triple H would pull out the contract, has Drake Maverick sign it, and he remains in NXT. If you if he extended it to next week and done that, I would have been like, you know what? Perfect. Boom. Done. Boot out. Boom. Done. Perfect. And I would have loved every bit of it. Fantastic. I mean, yes, you know, Fantasma is now the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. We have to give that up that much up uh, to. Fantasma, and I, I mean, he definitely fits the part, and now what the match we're going to be looking forward to whenever that does happen is El Hijo de Fantasma versus Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship whenever we can get Devlin, Dunn, McGinnis, and all the other boys and girls that are part of NXT across the pond again and actually get them put some work in. Um, that will be fantastic because then that matchup with Devlin and Fantasma can go down. And trust me, I'm all for that. Seeing how Fantasma and Devlin would go down Lucha Libre versus the you know, strong style of Ireland, the Ace versus the, the Superman, or whatever the fuck they want to call him nowadays. I mean, it's going to be, it, I, I would say, you know what? It's going to be a dope match. Fantasma Devlin, I can rock with that. I mean, I would have loved personally Kushida Devlin, but I can wait on it. I can definitely wait on it. Hopefully, we get Fantasma Kushida. Definitely has that. That has to happen. That has to happen. Some way, you know, sometime soon, that match has to happen. I don't know how long Devlin will be out, but as long as Devlin is out, Kushida Fantasma is the match you need. That is your money match. And you can easily build up to that. As far as I know, Kushida and Fantasma never face each other yet. And they will. And they sure as hell will. When I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I wish I knew. I would love to know. But it will happen eventually. So coming off of that, talking about the remainder of the Cruiserweight division at the moment, um, Nies versus uh, Scott, I liked it. I like that they actually, I actually, you know, I like that they actually brought this one back and had, you know, Nice and Scott face each other one-on-one, of course. The actions of what Nice did to Scott in during group uh, action. Nice attacked Swerve Scott after he cut his promo, talking about, you know, if you got win this, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be wrestling. And of course, Tony Nice felt some type of way about that, threw Scott into the metal steps and allowed, you know, that kind of, you know, helped the cause for Jack Gallagher. To get the victory over Scott and gain a victory in the tournament. So yeah. This match was actually not that bad. 
I'm glad that, you know, Nisa and Scott were able to, you know, settle their differences somewhat. Let's see here. Find it, find it, find it, find it. I know I don't want I don't want that. I don't want that either. I want that. There you go. The match itself wasn't that bad. And the fact that um Swerve did get the victory, I'll take that. That's perfectly fine with me. Um towards the end. Um we see uh knees brought swerve around, surf uh swerve prize free with a foot, rocks knees with a right hand, knees staggering knees into corner, swerve. Goes for the uppercut, rolls knees, hops up. Out comes Jack Gallagher while he's up top. Starts distracting Swerve. Knees with the short. You can um, then brings go for the uh, Alabama slam. Or I think what was it? He called that the sunset driver, if I'm not mistaken. Swerve gets the sunset flip. One, two, three. Gets out of the and gets out of dodge before uh, Gallagher and Nice try, try to get him. We'll see what happens. I'm sure this will turn into a little tag team action. I mean, Nice and Gallagher versus Swerve and whoever. You can throw somebody in there. I still need to know who those masked men are, but I'm thinking it's Joaquin Wilde and um, Raul Mendoza. Just has to be. Only makes sense. Get a better version of Lucha House. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not. A, I'm trying. I'm not trying to make a Lucha House party joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's good to see now that. With the cruiserweights, they got something going here, and we have a match to look forward to. Somewhere down the line with Devin and Phantasma. That's going to be a banger. With what I saw from Phantasma, he, he's got the goods. He definitely can do do some damage in that ring, and that Phantom Driver is pretty much money. Guy can go. His style is just fantastic. Fuck. So, I mean, the cruiserweights do have something going here, and especially going into the summer. Um... The rest of the summer, this is going to be a solid division and a division I say to look out for. I, I say the cruiserweight division is going to make a nice little run in the uh, cruiser, you know, in, in the hot, you know, in the grand scheme of things for NXT. I think you know the remainder of twenty twenty is bright for the cruiserweight division, and I have pretty solid expectations for them, and I hope they can surely meet them. I will keep that to myself for my personal reasons, and we shall move on. What I do want to move on to, though, is actually the tag team division. Oh, Karrion Cross. We're not even going to talk about that. Not yet. So, I've been talking about it for a little while, a couple times at least, about the tag team division right now in NXT. And I think we have to bring that up now again. Because slowly but surely, we're starting to see the division be be rebuilt. Slowly but surely, we're seeing them become, you know, be built. Because now you have Imperium with the NXT Tag Team Championships, Brizongo, who made a, who makes their return. Fandango back in full uh full action. Fantastic. Please don't get injured again. Please. Please. We need you to have a run. We need you to have a solid run. No injuries. Bless up. Undisputed Era, for now. Only lurking in Danny Birch and Indu Share. 
That's five. Everrise, we can do we count them? I don't count them. We don't count them. That's that's fine. But right now, with those five, now that Thatcher and Riddle have pretty much gone bye-bye, and Riddle is now on, on the blue brand, shit's now wide open. And, you know, and I think now that we have the, the last semblance, of course, of the division is pretty much um, Undisputed Era. But this is slowly starting to turn into a newly formed division. Into Cher, Imperium, Lorcan and Birch, Undisputed Era, Brizongo. That's not a bad five to work with. Imperium can go. Brizongo can go. We've seen the Undisputed Era go. Lorcan and Birch can go. And we I think the wild card in all of this is into Cher. Because now you have Brizongo being the mystery team to become the third. Are now the new number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championship. I'm just happy to see Fandango back in the swing of things. I'm sure Tyler Breeze is too. So it's definitely not that much of an issue. But. You know now. Hopefully we're starting to see the reformation of the division. Um, I'm sure they don't have all of their talent right now. And I'm sure they've been utilizing some. Of, of course you can't. Of course Mustache Mountain. Um, I would love to see them right now because I think they would definitely be a key cog in the tag team division for what they got going on. But understandably, you know, they're in the UK under quarantine and it'd be like that. It really do be like that sometimes. You know, Gallus. Oh, Gallus would be so proper right now for this division. Gallus versus Indus Share. Hello. Can we? Pliss? I'm all for it. Oh, man. That'd be fire. That'd be dope. You know, of course, Mark Andrews and Flash Morning Webster. You know, there's so many, and there's so many, like, it's like looking over at the UK and, you're, and you can't utilize any of them. <laughs> you know, and that sucks. You know, but you have to, but, you know, with NXT, we have to use what we have. And this is the five that we're rocking with right now. This is our, this is our starting five going forward. And I think you can really get some good matches out of this. Now, I, I mean, Imperium versus Lorcan and Burge, that's going to be your money match um, sooner rather than later. Uh, Brizongo coming back is actually a nice little nice little touch there. Of course, Undisputed Era still in the swing of things, just biding their time. But it's nice to see Undisputed Era in there. Always, always in forever. Uh, share, like I said, is going to be the super wild card in all of this. I think they can go, and I think they could be like the new big, ver- big you know, big version of AOP. Um, of course, with Bivens there, I think he just adds to what Indus Share is. And of course, Bill, and of course, Bivens can talk on the mic, which is thumbs up, double thumbs up for yours truly. And he's one of my, uh, he's one of my favorite characters in professional wrestling today. So that's always a win in and of itself. So the, the tag team situation right now, I think is looking decent, not great, or I can't wait to see all of these. Again, Imperium, Borkin, and Birch, are, is gonna, that's going to be your money. That's your money match for the time being. And then we will go from there. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, things start to open up. And we can get you know teams like a Mustache Mountain back into the swing of things. Uh, Welsh Air Force back into the swing of things. Gallus maybe can get a little run. The Hunt, I think, would be a team you could easily bring over and have them be a solid threat. Because Imperium and The Hunt have faced each other before. I've actually seen it. NXT UK. 
Okay, check that shit out. It's fire. But yes, they have faced each other in NXT UK, so that would be a nice little call back. Um, I'm sure, you know, Andrews and Morgan Webster would love to go against uh, Imperium once again. Um, yeah, so again, it, like I said, coronavirus be damned. Unfortunately, we can't get everybody that we would want to get in there because trust me, this, I mean, this tattoo division is not, it's not tops. It's not, you know, anywhere near AEWs. And I'm going to, yes, I'm, yes, I say shit, uh, other promotions on these certain programs because I have to keep it funky with you. All right. Deal with it. It's called life. Um, I had a shower today. I feel good. So. I'm gonna take, let's, let's take our time with this. They now have this. They're starting a little bit of a foundation. They're starting a little bit of a foundation for the division, bringing it, utilizing new teams, and we'll see how th- how well this can mesh. You know, it's a solid five, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we can maybe get another tag team in there. Um, Everrise, nah, let's just not put them in there at all. I would rather them not. So, perfectly fine with that. Hmm, what else can I talk about for this episode? Hmm. Let's see. Oh, we're, we're on time. We're going on time. I mean, with the carrying cross and all the, the um, you know, Mia, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Lee Gargano and stuff. I pretty much talked about that on yesterday's episode of the podcast, so I won't get into any of that, which pretty much is boom, boom, boom. All I'm going to talk about is the Cruiserweights and the, and the, the tag teams? Let me see. Hold on. I know there's a little couple of nuggets that I can talk about before we get out of here. That's just nonsense. Hmm. Oh, yeah, we can't talk about um, Champa Cross before, you know, and see how, how that came. You know, now we got all this. Tommaso Champa, of course, saying the word special has been thrown around a lot lately. This is my 13th takeover. While each takeover is special in its own way, Cross and myself make this one very different. There's still a lot of questions circling around Cross. So let's throw the damn questions out the window. This Sunday... June 7th, under those bright takeover lights with the pressure on and the entire world watching, you need to bring your A-game. Because my hunch is that my A-game is that much better. You chose me as your first real target. But I promise that you, that I, I should say, will be the one you remember. There's, you, you're going to find out that they're special, and then there's Tommaso Ciampa. Um, Cross pretty much responded. Oh, yeah, the prime targets. We'll talk about that, too. Cross pretty much responded with dumping Bronson Reed on his head. Pretty much looking at the camera to Champa and saying, this Sunday, special TikTok. 
and and Cameron Grimes beat Bronson Reed. And so what we will end this episode on is the prime targets. Now, I thought, I was like, why are we watching an episode of of something that I'm going to watch on Sunday? And these actually were... Before I get into the prime targets, I will say, though, I found, I figured I finally understood why Loomis uh, had Strong and Fish in the back of the trunk. It is because he made a uh, composition of something. You know, pretty much a character caricature of, of himself driving a truck with the Undisputed Era in the back, tied up, and pretty much taken out of business. And that, so now we can call back to that, to what we talked about yesterday, and that was the reason why that Loomis pretty much did what he did with that. So, yeah. He's still a weird cat. I'm just saying. I know Loomis is probably... Probably the coolest dude in the world. Chill and what? His character, though, weird. But it works. And I don't know why. And I like it. But he's weird. But I still like it. I don't know. I'm a weird motherfucker like that. But let's get into Prime Target. Which one did they do first? I'm trying to see. Okay, no, that's the beginning of the show. So they actually did the NXT Championship first. Of course, they had it on June 1st. Last, what was it, last Monday? Yeah, last Monday. You know, pretty much he says, I know the Undisputed Era has a special day planned for me, but every day is special for, for the champion. We, we got to see Kyle O'Reilly. So hopefully Kyle O'Reilly's back into the swing of things. Back, you know, at Coronavirus Central. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kyle O'Reilly makes a return. Grizzly is all hell. They pick up Cole in the limousine. They get ready to party. Of course, June 1st was the one-year mark of Cole as champion. And as they do that, they go over to the Dream, who's pretty much on rollerblades, doing his thing, reflecting on his long road to the opportunity, saying, let's take a trip down memory lane. This road all started when you screwed me out of the North American Championship. I remember that like it was yesterday. That was September, actually. But then you guys threw me off the top of a production truck, nearly breaking my back. But then I came back, and I hope you like pain, because there's going to be a lot of it. I admire, Dream admires the beauty all around him. A beautiful NXT is the Dream's NXT. We then go back to uh, the Undisputed Era getting a grub on at Fresco's. Cole proposed as a toast, saying the Undisputed Era is the greatest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. I love you guys, and I'm so proud of all of you. But this toast is for the one-year mark. The longest reigning and certainly greatest NXT champion of all time. And this is also a toast to the beautiful victory at TakeOver in your house. And that is undisputed. They then go to back to the Dreams saying, the Dreams are doing a lot of thinking. And the Dreams got a lot on his mind, Adam Cole. You don't think Dream can handle four-on-one? If you want to talk numbers, 
I have some numbers for you, Adam. 24. That's how old Dream is, and I'm already a superstar. Then there's the one, two, three, where I pinned you. That's why I am your new reality. You need to wake up. He has his ladies bring over the mirror. Has a private conversation with himself. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who will be the greatest NXT champion of them all? And then they had a Prince impersonator. <laughs> Pretty much telling him, Dream, you will be the one. I was just like, we got Prince impersonators in this bitch. I, I, but then again, Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Mm, love that song. And then they go, of course, to um, Adam Cole having the negotiation with Regals. You know, of course, saying, no, he will, you know, if I beat Dream, he never gets another shot at the title. They agree on the terms. This was, and I mean, of course, they had Sam Roberts talking, Peter Rosenberg, Drew McIntyre, Pete McAfee, uh, Pat McAfee, my, my apologies. Um, as, who was who was the I'm trying to think of who was the one who um I think it was Pat McAfee that pretty much likened uh Velveteen Dream to a Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Dream has a lot in common with Dennis Rodman. Flamboyant draws a lot of attention outside of his craft, but when he gets in the game in the ring on the court, they both deliver. And that was actually an interesting uh that was a very interesting analogy and someone to compare him to because if you honestly think about it, he's not wrong. And that is a very high like praise in a sense. Yes, Dennis Rodman is weird as fuck. He is friends with Kim Jong-un. They are homies. You gotta be a crazy motherfucker to be fucking with a guy, Kim Jong-un, who everybody is freaking out about over in North Korea and shit. Um, and they cool. And they just mad chill. They talked about basketball and they become best of friends. And it was just a beautiful thing that we need that that we were surprised that actually happened. And who was of all people, Dennis fucking Rodman. I'm sure he has old boy on speed dial whenever it's time to go over to Pyongyang and get their get their uh party on and shit. Whatever they do over over in North Korea. He's what it be. But that's actually a very interesting comparison to that. And I think Dream should actually be cool with that. Because Dennis Rodman even performed in the ring with Hollywood Hulk Hogan as he took on, you know, DDP and Carl Malone. Good shit. Very fantastic shit. So it's very cool. to It was very cool to see that, you know, everybody, like, you know, chiming in, you know. It was it was a very cool segment. And then when they did the um, ladies uh, version of it, I just love the fact that, you know, the way they did each of the three was pretty cool. Um, they started off with EO, you know, pretty much her saying, I don't need anyone. Infinity, void, seeking me. Alone, isolated, darkness, emptiness. I love being alone. Being alone makes me stronger. I feel. I felt that. Pretty much says that Charlotte and Rhea should be afraid of her because she will be the next NXT Women's Champion, which as of two days ago, she is. And of course, they have Rhea, um, pretty much waking up at five thirty in the morning, saying, "I don't, I don't have to get up this early. I choose to because I don't have anything else to do but become the best me I can." 
That's why I get up so early, go to the gym this early, and work on getting better better every day. I finished 2019 at the highest point my career has ever seen, and then 2020 hit, and it's pretty much been all downhill from there. Um, Sam Roberts, Sam Roberts actually, you know, has something I actually agree with for a change, saying that Rhea is already the future of women's wrestling. Look at all she accomplished in just short, in a, such a short amount of time. It's hard to argue against until WrestleMania came. Charlotte Flair beat her. What happened happened. 2020 got the better of Rhea. All facts. Uh, then you have Charlotte Flair already at the performance center preparing for her match with uh, in your house. She actually says she's nervous. This has been a long time since I've been on the takeover. People don't realize about me, but I'm NXT homegrown. My entire life changed. My change. My life changed here. When the crown chanted, "You don't go here." When they were approaching WrestleMania, and she said, "Excuse me, I made here." She was part of that. Ori- she was literally part of the original class. So you can say, I mean, I know, I, I understand. It's a nice little chant, you know, that Bianca Belair started uh, when she was still in NXT, which is fucking hilarious and I love the chant because it's funny as shit but she really is the original class of NXT Fatal 4 Way you know our evolution arrival unstoppable Brooklyn respect London Dallas the end and beyond like literally I think at least she was there for Fatal 4 Way revolution our evolution arrival and unstoppable she was there for those early days so let's not take away from that fact that she was part she was part of that. So she kinda has a fact. Bees what it bees. Anyway, you know, just people accepting NXT for what it is. Had I not had my match against Natalia to become NXT Women's Champion, I would not have been taken serious. You know, Natty talks about the match, you know, that was her first ever title match. Going back to where she started from, it's full circle. Uh, Pete Rosenberg's, you know, saying, you know, it wasn't enough for her to be the queen of WWE. She had to go back to NXT to show everyone that she is still hungry as she ever was. Because TakeOver is extremely important to her in the history of where she is today. And outside her, no. When she walks in the building, she's home. You know, then they have Rhea working out, saying she thinks about a lot of things, focused on that on Sunday. This motivates her to work harder and to get that title back. Charlotte won the Women's Rubble. And, of course, she was talking about, you know, how she pretty much got Charlotte to pick her to have that match with her at WrestleMania. The dream match, and she got the dream match that she wanted, and Rosenberg saying, you know, Rhea's going to be the greatest of all time, but then she ran to that mountain that is Charlotte. I wouldn't go that necessarily that far. You know, Rhea says she knows she's merely scratched the surface of being champion. There's a need, this is a need for me. I need this. You know, the NXT Women's Championship is being showcased on all three brands thanks to Charlotte, which will make this win even sweeter. And uh, what was it? Sam Roberts saying, as the entire world talks about what Charlotte did five years ago and what Rhea did five months ago, let's talk about what Io Shirai is doing right now. Every time Shirai walks into an NXT ring, every set of eyes are locked on every move she makes. Uh, Beth Phoenix talks about her growing up in Japan, saying she began training in high school, transitioning to martial arts, to pro wrestling at 16, won nearly every award, every title, um, which is all facts, by the way. Um, I think she actually won a women's MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Well, not worry about that though. Um, Rosenberg relating to um, AJ Styles, an incredible talent that was around the world. Ten years in Japan, now she's here. Natty, Natalia saying she is one of the best. Period. She has this mystique, and you want to know about her. When she's on TV, you watch what she does because she's innovative, groundbreaking, beautiful, mysterious, and talented. You know, and then Pete McAfee, of course, 
called Shirai a Wolverine. She's a spider. She will rip your face off. And he actually predicted correctly Io Shirai winning the women's championship at TakeOver in your house a couple days ago. All in all, a decent, uh, a decent um, post fallout. Oh, actually, go home show. I should say. I was. We'll talk about that next week. Um, a decent go home show to get you prepared for what happened this past Sunday. I'm good with it because I know most of the time NXT usually brings that. At least for the most part, they do get you properly prepared for what's going to go down on Sunday. They try to feature as much as they possibly can for the matches that they have as best as possible. And then also announcing the six woman tag, which was just surprisingly more random than I thought, given the fact that um, Yim and Lorraine were the ones involved. But I guess, you know, showcasing the division, like I said, on Monday is always a good thing. And, you know, can't be mad at that at all. Other than that, I'd say it was a decent, like I said, a decent go home show to get us prepared for what happened this past Sunday. And now we can look forward to tomorrow night. So when we come back from the break, we will be talking about what's going to be going down this week and get you prepared for what's going to be going down on NXT tomorrow night. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. back with episode 216 of the YLP podcast of course talking about last week this week and now we get into this week's episode of NXT and what what I know pretty much and let's see if anything has been updated mind you I'm actually recording this segment um, today because uh, if you saw my um tweet from last night i couldn't export anything for um yeah couldn't export a damn thing for in terms of my audio so i can put it in my drive and then um get it over to wrestle radio so only the only way you're going to listen to this remainder of the episode is on my page over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective which of course will be sent out in a tweet uh shortly whenever i or whenever i finish this up but yeah let's see if anything is updated for this week's episode of nxt we're here on wrestlinginc.com nxt preview for tonight take over fallout eo shirai's champion adam cole in action of course my favorite professional wrestling writer mark middleton Tonight's NXT episode will air on the USA Network for the fallout from Sunday's TakeOver in Your House event. Matches announced for tonight include Finn Balor versus Cameron Grimes in their rematch, plus NXT champion Adam Cole versus Dexter Loomis in a non-title matchup. WWE has announced the following for tonight's show. Uh, we are going to see an appearance of Karrion Cross and Scarlett. The new era of NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai begins. Finn Balor, of course, taking on Cameron Grimes. Uh, NXT Champion Adam Cole Bebe taking on Dexter Loomis in a one-on-one matchup, not title. And, of course, the remainder of the fallout from TakeOver in Your House. Now, Balor and Grimes makes sense. You know, get a little, you know, the reason that he lost to uh, Cameron was because of Damian 
And since now that Finn has dispatched Damien Priest, he now kind of wants that one back. And I'm going to assume that he will get that back in a very grandiose fashion. And then uh, Cameron Grimes will be able to say shit because then he beat him too. Now, Adam Cole, Dexter Loomis is probably one of the more intriguing matchups and probably one that we were going to assume um, that was going to happen eventually in some way, shape, or form. I mean, because Loomis has been involved in trying to aid the Velveteen Dream. Unfortunately, Dream is still not our NXT champion. He is, unfortunately, never going to be able to get a chance at the championship as long as Cole's championship reign continues. This is this is a good. I think this will be a, a solid match. I think Loomis has been built up quite well, and I love how NXT is able to bring in characters to aid in the rivalry and just you know help build them to get into situations. Now Dexter Loomis is going one on one with the NXT champion. Yeah, I don't mind that one bit. I don't mind that one bit at all. So. Loomis Cole, I think, is going to be a very solid main event. I think this would be a very good spotlight for Loomis to see where he's at in terms of, you know, where he stands and where he falls in the uh, the tiers of NXT's main event scene. We will see. Um, Like I said, I like his character a lot. I like the way he gets down in the ring. No nonsense. He gets in there, beats your ass, makes you go night-night, and then just pats you on the head as you, as you are going, uh, catching Zs and whatnot. Yeah, I think this will be a good test for uh, Loomis. Spotlight will be on him, and let's see what he's capable of going forward, especially going into tonight's episode of NXT. I'm curious to see what's next also for Karrion Cross now that he has taken out Champa and pretty much destroyed the man um, at TakeOver In Your House. I'm going to be curious to see what what they're going to have him do next. Maybe they'll have him in one-on-one action real quick, you know, against a Leon Ruff type dude, um, enhancement talent, something like that. Or maybe he cuts a dank-ass promo and Scarlett gets to look, just stand there looking what. And we will see what comes out of it because now, you know, it's getting real. You know, Cross has his first takeover victory. Now we're going to see what's next for carrying cross i'm curious to see what they're going to do with shirai tonight you know maybe just have her you know say a little something a little vignette action or whatever you know or maybe she'll meet her you know next opponent or next opponent immediately we'll see what's going on with all of that you know i'm excited because every time a takeover ends we get a brand new chapter going into the next takeover and every the remainder of this month, July is going to be dope. And then once we hit August, we will see how everything goes in terms of SummerSlam weekend. But that's why. But the summer months, like of course, the June Takeover special kicks off the summer in most of the times proper fashion. And then you get, of course, the you know rest of the summer going into what would usually be SummerSlam weekend. We don't know if we're still getting in August yet. We don't know. We're figuring it out as we go. Maybe September, from what I've been hearing. So, we'll see how everything goes. But yeah, let's be excited about what's going to be going down 
for the remainder of June and then going into July, how crazy it's possibly going to get. You know? It'll make one curious, for sure, I guarantee you. But that's all I really have for in terms of um, what's going to be going down for tonight's episode. But there is some news. We want to talk about some news. Do, 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 do. Talking about news. Ba, 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 ba. That's weird. That's some weird shit. Okay. What's this from? No, I want recent shit. I don't, I do not want one from two days ago. I want news now. That is not news now. Oh, this is interesting. See, this is actually... No, I don't want that. All right, we'll talk about that then. So, apparently, Champa and... Orin have been somewhat in a little tad bit of a beef. Um, yeah, I'm seeing. I haven't really. I, I saw the videos like coming out, like Orton and Champa at odds or whatever. Yada yada yada. I didn't really know what was going on. I really didn't know what was going on. Like I saw it on Twitter, and then I'm just like, okay, he tagged Randy and something. Okay, then whatever. I'm. A, I really don't give a shit. Um, but apparently. Randy Orton's wifey boo-boo has gotten involved. So let's get into this article. Randy Orton's wife, Kim, takes shot at Tommaso Ciampa from Mark Middleton. This is actually from, like, what? Yeah, Monday. Randy Orton's wife, Kim, has joined her husband in taking shots at WWE NXT superstar Tommaso Ciampa on Twitter. As noted before, Orton took to Twitter after the NXT TakeOver In Your House show to joke about leg slaps. Something that has been a topic of discussing, discussion on pro wrestling social media as of late. <laughs> I swear, words suck. Orton wrote, heard, hashtag WWE NXT, takeover in your house was great. Slapping my leg for you guys. Sincerely, leg slap. End quote. Champa fired back that, that afternoon and took a shot at Orton for being boring in the ring. He wrote, my daughter has been having trouble sleeping. Luckily, I found a remedy. Randy Orton matches. Better than NyQuil, sincerely, hashtag an entire locker room who busted their asses, end quote. Orton then tweeted this afternoon, that afternoon I should say, and responded to the Champa, referring to NXT as a wrestling school. Wait. Quote, looks like I hurt the feelings of the self-appointed locker room leader of a wrestling school. Let me know what time leg slap class starts so I can take my games to the next level, Orton wrote. In an update, Orton's wife took to Twitter before... Uh, Monday Night Raw hit the air and also took a shot at the Blackheart of NXT. She wrote, quote, at Randy Orton, isn't that the same guy who took credit for all those great matches that he didn't put together? Champa and Orton have not responded to Kim's tweet as of the writing. That's news. That That's news. That, 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 that's news, though. Uh, okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Let's add with some other news. Let's see. I wasn't expecting to actually do any, um, 
anything of, of news. I, was, I thought I was going to go a bit longer, actually, with this. <laughs> so my apologies. I'm just trying to find articles on the fly. Oh. Now that's some news we can talk about. That is something. And I'll talk about Elias in a moment. From WrestlingNews.co. WWE star set a new record with win at NXT TakeOver in your house by Andrew Ravens. It turns out that Finn Balor set a record with his win over Damian Priest at Sunday's TakeOver in your house in, in Winter Park, Florida at Full Sail University on the WWE Network. The most wins of one star at NXT TakeOver specials haven't been something that WWE has recently recognized until now. That didn't stop fans from keeping the track of record, though. Keeping track of the record, though. My apologies. The former NXT champion now has 11 wins at TakeOver Specials. He holds the record for having more wins at these specials than any other competitor. He entered this special with 10 wins over the likes of Matt Riddle, Samoa Joe, twice, Johnny Gargano, Kevin Owens, Tyler Breeze, and Neville in singles matches while he holds wins over the Ascension when he teamed up with Hideo Itami in two matches back at the 2015 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, in addition to Balor and Samoa Joe beating The Revival and Baron Corbin and Rhino. They were a tag team. I'm good on that. NXT champion Adam Cole and former champ Aleister Black are tied for second place with, the, with seven wins. The chart below hasn't been updated, but you can see the current rankings here. And now I'm curious to see what here is. As you have my attention with the hyperlink. Alright, I don't know if this is um, updated. We'll see. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, they're going spreadsheet on me. Okay. Uh, there we go. Okay, so... God, oh god, oh god, okay. Okie dokie. So there, damn! Finn Balor literally, as of what happened on past Sunday, in terms of his uh, takeover matches, he's had 12. He's only lost one. 11 and 1. 8 and 1 in singles matches, 3 and 0 in tag teams. Uh, Alistair Black with 7, Cole with 7, Champa with 6. Yeah, he has a 6 and 7 record. That sucks. Um, Dream, Bobby Roode with 5, Corbin with Corbin with 6, uh, Samoa Joe with 5. I'm trying to see who else has 5. Yeah. <laughs> Walter want to know. <laughs> that's, that's a nice little interesting thing to see. Balor has an 11-1 record. At take, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. That's a, that's one hell of a record. Wait, what was this one lost to then? I'd have been Samoa Joe then. Because that's who we lost, I think that's who we lost the title to. Yeah, because Samojo. Yeah, because Samojo then lost to Nakamura. Mm, okay, I got you, fam. I got you. The only one lost to Samojo. Yeah, it's not a bad record. Eleven and one, pretty fucking solid at a takeover. Holy shit! 
And I think we're going to round out this episode of the podcast with a little bit of, I guess, NXT not call-up news. From Also from WrestlingNews.co. Top WWE NXT star is not moving up on to the main roster. This is from Paul Davis. Following Saturday's WWE NXT TakeOver In Your House event, there was a lot of speculation on who might be moving up to the main roster. The name that many thought would be moving was Velveteen Dream, since he lost to NXT champion Adam Cole and will no longer be able to challenge Cole for the title. There were rumors last year about Dream moving up to Raw or SmackDown, but those plans were never put in motion. Thank God. Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Dream's loss on Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday, dickhead, does not mean that he is moving up to the main roster because there are currently no plans to move him up to Raw or SmackDown. The next TakeOver event is scheduled for SummerSlam weekend, and WWE typically has at least a couple of NXT stars debut on the Raw and SmackDown after SummerSlam, so if Dream or anyone is moving up, then it could happen around that time. And then they have the update, Louis Dangour. Uh, first, and Russell Talk first reported that Velveteen Dream would not be moving up to the main roster at this time. And I'm just going to X out of everything except YouTube. That's custom. I always close my laptop. But I'm not going to put my uh, phone on top of it because my phone is actually charging on a wireless charger. I wish I had bought one of these many, many moons ago because I can just chill on the couch, have it on the seat while it's charging, and it's fucking dope. Liquid IV. Good shit. In terms of Velveteen Dream, though, it's only a matter of time before he does get called up. And given the fact that they didn't do it at after this takeover is a very smart move because right now you got to think about what's going on on Raw and SmackDown. The truthful answer is actually the spoiler alert, not much, but you have a mid card on Raw that's meh, meh. I mean, eh, eh, mm, and then SmackDown's roster, in terms of the mid-card, is pretty fucking solid if they knew how to fucking book them. Okay? So, if they tried to bring up Dream right now, I guarantee you he would flounder in, in the main roster within six months. And I usually am generous when it comes to the uh, time length. I know a lot of people will get say, he's going to get buried in three. Probably. But I like to give it that six-month grace period just to see if WWE can figure out something for him. Again, smart move. If they have no plans for him, don't bring him up. Don't bring him up for the sake of bringing him up. Bring him up because you already have plans in place for him and you ha- and with a guy like Velveteen Dream whose stock is still up. With what he's done from the fall of last year until now, he's been putting out some Bangers. Two matches with uh, Roderick Strong. No, which led to him hurting his back, of course, in the process. Him coming back, going after Strong again. Wait a moment. One match, losing the North American Championship to Roddy. 
Roddy then losing it in December to Keith Lee. Then the whole uh, dream comes back, uh, gets the cage match, uses Strong as a pawn to get to Adam Cole. Yeah, he's been, yeah, from, yeah, like I said, from like September of last year until now, his, what he has been doing is great shit. Even with the injury. Yes. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, Since this one, this little, what? Want to get on the couch? Okay. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Sit. Can you sit? No, you don't want to sit? Are you going to send the ottoman? Okay. Do you. Uh, but it is a proper time to tell you that before we end this show, uh, this segment is brought to you, this uh, Marley moment of the show is brought to you by my unofficial co-host, Marley, my doge, who would like to remind you to make sure... What? Yeah, I brought up your name. Deal with it. This is your this is your part of the show. I know. I put stuff in your ear. You'll be fine. Who I would like to remind you that to make sure you drink your uh, adequate amount of water daily. Um, make sure you get your adequate eight hours of sleep. With Ying Yang over there, it's usually about twelve because she naps so fucking much. Make sure you're eating a proper, sensible diet. And even in these times, uh, it can it can be like the freshman fifteen where you just lose weight. Well, we gain weight actually. Uh, so don't let quarantine get you down. Uh, have a sensible diet in your system. And, of course, her favorite, uh, always make sure to treat yourself with some good treats every once in a while. And you're now eating your paw. Okay, fine. But with Dream, like I said, if you have nothing in place for him to go about, do not send him up. Leave him where he's at. I'm sure he's got one more good one in. He's got one more takeover in him before they actually bring him on for SummerSlam. After SummerSlam weekend, and honestly, that would make the most sense to do it around that time. Usually, the fall is a proper time to bring in new talent, especially since you're having your brand new season, uh, like they normally like to do on Monday Night Raw. A brand new season on Monday Night Raw. Not tonight. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I don't give a shit. The season premiere on Monday Night Raw, bruh. I don't care. I don't care. But yeah, wait on it. SummerSlam weekend, once that ends, then you can bring him in as long as you have plans in place. If not, he's just going to chill in NXT and just make bangers. Just have bangers full of banger after banger after banger, and we'll be just fine. Either way, we'll be fine. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 216 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 217. YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 216 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking up this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, we still have the Trevor Project uh, going on. And by Trevor Project, I mean merch. Swanky, swanky merch. 
Yes, of course, the pride collection going down at teespring.com. You can search for us at radio and you can get that over there. All proceeds going to the Trevor Project, which helps in crisis intervention for the LGBTQIA community hall. I feel like you have to say, I say community hall and Cartman was just like, this feels right. Anywho, uh, so yeah, all proceeds are going to the Trevor Project with that. And of course, we uh, have the Trevor Project give them give us their uh, their support and backing behind all this so much appreciated to the trevor project all good things also you can go check out teespring.com for all of my merch because not only am i part of the pride collection over on teespring.com i do have my own collection curated by yours truly for men women the young little cubs and accessories of course t-shirts tank tops you know t-shirts for the young ones Leggings for the ladies, tank tops for the fellas, hoodies, crew necks, tapestries, coffee mugs, organic tote bags, tapestries, die cut stickers. You can get it all. You can get it all over there at teespring.com. Excuse me. Search for Russell Guided Radio and you can check out the YLP collection right now. Teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection. Check that out. Get you some sweet merch for the summer. Yeah. Anywho. Of course, if you want more exclusive access to the Russell Attic Radio family, no, not in that matter. One, you're weird. Two, you're also weird. Uh, three, and the guy in the back is also weird as well. Anyway, if you are thinking about it, 17 cents a day. You have that in your car right now. You have that in your pocket right now. I dare you. I bet you. If I'm lying, well, I'm lying. Anywho, um, for just $5 a month, 17 cents a day, $5 a month. You can get exclusive access to us. Here's how. An exclusive group chat. An exclusive group chat that you will be engaging in with all of the members of WrestleMatic Radio, including myself, um, where we talk wrestling, all that other stuff. All good things. It's a wonderful community over there. Um, where we just, you know, shoot the shit and just, you know, talk about wrestling and what we love and all that good stuff. It's a beautiful place. Also, hmm. What else could I give you? What else could we as a radio give you for just 17 cents a day? Well, you can get exclusive shows that you won't hear on Russell regular Russell Attic Radio programming. Shows like Love and War with Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose, Francis Fay Five, and the Secret Files hosted by me, Mr. YFB himself. And, and just one more thing. How about 15% discount at checkout when you go to our Teespring store or any Teespring store on Wrestling Radio's collections. Could be mine, could be uh, Katie Murphy's collection, the HBIC collection, could be the uh, Fretzelmania collection, could be the Delight collection, which is, I think is a swanky, swanky John over there. You can get any of that, no matter what, 15% off every time you go to checkout. I think, I think that might have convinced you. How can you get such exclusive access? Join us over on Patreon.com. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio. You can get all of that over there. Again, exclusive group chat where you can be engaging with every personality from the War family. Exclusive shows you won't listen to on regular programming. And of course, 15% off at checkout every single time you get us something from any of our collections over on teespring.com. It's a beautiful thing. Consider becoming a member of the family today and go on Patreon. Always accepted 
never expected. If you have any thoughts, opinions, or you just want to shoot the shit, or you just want to say some messed up stuff because, well, it's Tuesday, and, well, technically Wednesday as I'm recording this, but you get the idea. Um, and you just want to, you know, put something out there, put something in the air, and just let it ride and see what happens. Well, you can do all that. That's perfectly fine. How? Well, you can send me a voice message over on anchor.fm slash perspective, anchor.fm slash radio, and you can go over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, find my page over there, listen to any of the episodes all the way from the beginning until episode 121 and all the more recent episodes I've started with since I, since your boy, and this is the YLB Podcast, has been placed over in ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Good stuff over there. Leave a comment. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Much appreciated for all your love and support. All that good stuff. Yeah, because, you know, why not, right? Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook Messenger, DMs, Gab, whatever social media platform you use. Text message. You can, use, you can put that in the text message. Share it. Text message. Boom. Add. Boom, bop, beat up, mm, ah, mm. Done. You know. There you go. Easy. Easy peasy. Because, of course, in these times where there's so many professional wrestling podcasts out there, we here at Wrestle Addict Radio, and of course the YLP Universe, bless up, combine together to not only be the true cure for the common wrestling podcast, but of course the YLP podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Light Show with Man Chappelle are here to be the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts in that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all uh, listen to us, and of course, it is much appreciated, but you don't, most of the time, by my numbers at least, that what I've seen in a lakes, uh, don't check us out on the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not mad at you for it. Everybody has their ways and means of checking out, you know, podcasting, all that good stuff from any, and surprisingly a lot more than I've seen, uh, podcasting platforms. But if you think Russell Edit Radio is just a one-trick pony and we just have Anchor, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. One, you already lost the battle. Two, not only are we on Anchor, at least this podcast, is on anchor.fm slash radio, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, over ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, where you can listen to all the old school stuff, what, what started from the beginning to 121 and all the recent ones, as I said before. But you can also check out this podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, Game Changer podcast, and the Light Show with Man Chappelle, across those different platforms, and several others, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Podbean, Podcast Addict, Player FM, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam! Search for the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Light Show with Manch Chappelle across all these different platforms. So many options, and you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, you can follow me over all, all over my socials. 
You can follow me over on Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite, which I will be doing this evening. Well, by the time you listen to this, more than likely AEW will already get started. And my apologies for getting this out on Wednesday instead of yesterday. I'm not going to get into it. If you saw my tweet, you understand. Of course, SmackDown Live every Friday night, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to. Every WWE Live pay-per-view, which I will be doing this Sunday for WWE Backlash. God help us with that. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, like I did with uh, TakeOver In Your House this past Sunday. Every AEW Live pay-per-view, which we will actually, which there is no pay-per-view live pay this, uh, for July, because Fighter Fest will be on the 1st and the 8th of July, which is on cable, which is thumbs up for me. Hooray. Happy times. And of course, once we get back into the swing of things, and as of yesterday, we have finally have the damn news that New Japan is coming back. I am very excited. I'm happy. I am happy that we are getting New Japan Pro Wrestling back into our cell phones, our laptops, our TV screens, if you got it like that, if it's compatible. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm really glad New Japan has made the announcement to come back. June 5th fucking tape, by the way. Um, one of three winning together specials, and then we get started with the New Japan Cup. Oh, daddy. Which will lead all the way up to Dominion Weekend, which is this which is this coming July 11th, which is the day I actually come back from my vacation, and July 12th, which will be the last day of technically my nine-day vacation, because two weekends off, bitches. Um... And I only use five days vacation. Boom, bitch. That's how you manipulate your schedule. Anywho, um, yes, New Japan is coming back, and uh, I get to, I get to actually say this proudly. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well when it's three thirty in the morning. I've gone back from the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep. Yes, it is back. I am excited, and I can't believe we're gonna. Get, the first thing we're gonna do is start with the New Japan Cup, leading all the way into Dominion Weekend, and then. On the 12th, immediately, Dominion. my One of my favorite big shows of the year for New Japan. Basically, like their uh, SummerSlam, and I'll get all into that. Don't you worry, my friends. I will be I will be announcing some things. I will figure out the schedule, because I will be covering some New Japan. It's been too long, and your boy's been wanting some New Japan since New Beginning in fucking Osaka. So, um, yeah, I will be covering New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Getting into the Instagram side of things, the mothership of everything that is YLP, you can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective, memes, 60 second thought videos, updates in case you missed it, memes, shit talking, memes, basically memes. But, you know, I'm glad, you know, you guys have been uh, rocking with me and getting me over that thousand follower threshold. 2,000 is what we're going for this time around. Beautiful things, beautiful things, much love. And let's keep make, make sure we keep that above a thousand because it's cool. You know, it's like, oh, I got a G. Cool. Let's go for two G. All that good shit. And of course, if you want to follow me over on my Facebook, I know I'm not as active over on there. But if you want to check out the page, pretty much my Instagram and Facebook are linked together. So it's you pretty much get the same um, stuff over there. But if you want to follow me over on Facebook, I can be found at, well, not at, but you can search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, follow the page, share it, all that good stuff. 
Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. Looking over to the judges to make sure I fulfilled all my obligations and to give me an extra plus one for bringing up New Japan stuff. Good stuff. Anywho, Friday. Oh, sweet Friday. Hopefully, it'll not be a pain in the ass like it has been the past couple of days with, you know, not able to export audio and not being able to get it up for Russell Attic Radio uh, page sucks, but we'll figure it out in the end. Um, moving forward, though, talking about 216, 217, 216, Jesus Christ, this is 216, episode 217 of the Wild Bee Podcast. Of course, we'll be going down this Friday night, like the fuse, you already know what's going to be going down with that, you already fucking know it's going to be lit, but also we are going to be doing uh, my WWE Backlash Preview and Predictions which would then lead into 218 this coming Monday. We will be doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was WWE Backlash, and I am going to hate every single bit of doing these preview and predictions because I really honestly don't give a shit about this pay-per-view. But it's stuff, so we got to cover it. So that's what you're going to be expecting going down this Friday night. So enjoy the enjoy your Wednesday night. Enjoy NXT or AEW Dynamite, whatever it is you may choose to enjoy from. Enjoy your Thursday night, and I'll see you guys right back here this Friday night for episode 217 of the YLP Podcast. See you!